Dun, dun, dun. Johnny, what did you think about the Batman theme? I'm not asking about the movie, I'm asking about the theme. The theme itself was cool. Did you like how much it was used or no? No, a little bit. Maybe two times more than I had to be used, right? Dun, 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 and a little dun, bit too prolonged dun, as well. Dun. I liked it when he's walking towards the car upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a spoiler. No, because it's in the trailer. Is it in the trailer? Yeah, it's in every trailer for the movie. Well, the car is. I don't know if that section is. Basically, whenever he appears... Like, it plays for the first, like, 10 seconds. Yeah, it's a cool thing, but... Well, what do you think about it overall? Like, I think it's okay. I think it's a good movie. Felt like a high 7, low 8. Because yeah. it's... While it's... It doesn't do anything bad. There's never, like, a thing like, oh, that shouldn't be in the movie, or, or oh, that performance was bad. It's just average, okay overall. I don't really think... A whole lot of people are going to say better than Christopher Nolan's. But what... I've heard, I've already heard people on Twitter say it is better. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, what about it, in your opinion, is better than Nolan's? I can't really... I can't. I I don't know. I, you know what's funny is I, le- I was watching The Dark Knight last mm-hmm. night. I was like, I was playing uh, Triangle Strategy and then like in the background... Because I, I like to have something <laughs> playing in the background sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I would just like look up every now and then. I'm like, oh, The Dark Knight's still so good. It's still so good. But I don't know. I like for my biggest complaint was that the movie's too dark. And I don't mean tonally, I mean literally. It's too dark at times. Like a lot of blacks, a lot of grays, a lot of browns. But sometimes I had a hard time knowing what was going on the screen. And it wasn't just me, because I thought, okay, maybe it was just our theater or something, right? Like maybe it was our projector or something. But then I talked to a friend of mine who also saw the movie and he had the exact same complaint. Like, oh yeah, like Whenever it was at nighttime, I, it was hard for me to know what was going on because it was hard to see anybody. So I'm like, okay, so it wasn't just me then. And then I was one of my friends was telling me, a different friend, that Matt Reeves, the director, actually wrote to like a le- open-ended letter to like a different like theater production or the theater company saying like, hey, make sure like your projector has like this setting and it's set to this like um, I don't know this these specific specifications for for your projector because this is how the movie's supposed to be. So I'm wondering if maybe our theater, uh, Cinemark, didn't get that letter? Because <laughs> it sounds like if he went out of his way, he knew this was going to be an issue already. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if maybe our theater just didn't get the memo. I thought it was fine. As far as like the lighting and all that. Really? I thought it was cool. But maybe that's because I'm used to... Your eyes are more sensitive, yeah, I think. Yeah, and like all the stuff on my phone is all set to black. Right. All the interfaces are all black. Same thing with my PlayStation. Got a dark background. All Would you stuff. say, Johnny, that you, that you adopted the darkness, molded by it? I don't know that line. That's uh, I know that's uh, <clears throat> Bane, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't really hold that line. Though. It's it's when he it's when he's fighting Batman halfway through the movie, uh-huh. and then Batman turns off all the lights, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you merely adopted." It gives that whole spiel about like. I didn't see the light till I was already a man. I but think, then it was blinding. And he finds him in the darkness. He catches him. I think the worst part of those films are the fucking voices. Like, I can't stand Batman's fucking voice in that shit. Swear to me. I can't fucking stand it. It's so corny, dude. He talks like this all the time. Yeah. Okay, if you were someone as high profile as Bruce Wayne, and you didn't want people to know you were a Batman, how would you do... Get a voice changer. All the time, like, but he had to like put that over his mouth. I think, right? Like a mod, like those like people they interview in the dark with a voice modulator, like that kind of thing. I don't know. He's Batman. He has a h- bunch of fucking gadgets. He can't just make some modulator like that. Isn't there a bat? 
No, there's a movie with a superhero or some character that does that. It has a voice modulator like overlay, don't they? Do you remember? No. I think there is a movie or a show or something where... Oh, you know what it is? It's Arrow. The the Green Arrow show. Mm-hmm. The character is called Arrow. He does have he does have a voice modulator in his like his little like mask thing. Does it have to be modulator? Can it just be something he puts in his mouth that just sort of distorts his like the way he pronounces things? Or what it does is it you hear his regular voice, but then the modulator adds like another layer, so it's like uh, it's almost okay. like an echo effect, but the echo is deeper than the original voice. That's pretty cool. So the audience hears like two voices at the same time, but the 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 modulator is supposed to kind of like cover up or distract you from his real voice. So um, in this film, who's your favorite character? I gotta say mine, dude. I fucking love the penguin. Out of really? everybody, I, I was love gonna say Catwoman. Dude. Yeah, she's dope, but I f- I feel like Penguin just his performance is the dopest, and the makeup, the way the score. Because I could not tell that that was Colin Farrell. No, I, could I, not I at couldn't. All. He just disappears into that role. But as far as the makeups, I see a lot of makeup with, with like this big corny scars but they they don't look quite right and his just felt so natural like they felt like birth scars you know yeah or like some kind of like i don't know he had like some like he scratched himself or scarred himself too much or something yeah or or when he's in the chasing he's just fucking freaking out Mm -hmm. his performance was the best there was um i forgot who it was that was on set with him Oh, the guy who plays Falcone. Falcone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's awesome. John too. Turturro. Yeah, he's great. He says, oh, like, I didn't know that that was Colin Farrell. He said, when we were on set together, like, he didn't know that was Colin Farrell until somebody told him. He's like, oh, I thought that was just a really rough looking guy, like, as an actor. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't know that was Colin Farrell. So that tells you kind of like how good he disappears into that role. He didn't recognize him. So, but overall, I thought it was all right. I had, I enjoyed it. I think one of the complaints where I feel justified I'm hearing from other people is that the movie is about 20 to 30 minutes too long. Yeah, the pacing. Like, the order of things was a little bit weird. I feel like we probably could have shaved off some time from... Because remember I told you, like, we saw the movie on Friday, and I told you, like, I feel like we could have shaved some minutes, but I don't know where, I said. Now that I've thought about it, I feel like a lot of the Catwoman stuff could have been shortened. Like, the stuff about her her mother and how Falcon... Well, some other stuff, I don't want to go into spoilers, but, like, a lot of her, like, background stuff was not important enough, I felt. I think her stuff was cool. I think what happened is you have that very last scene uh, where everybody's in the building. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. That last scene, I think somehow if they would have pushed that before, uh, before like, the Falcone stuff, then it wouldn't have dropped off. Because after the, like, all the, the stuff when they're, when they're in the club... Everything just takes a dive, like you feel it's kind of the end, right? Yeah, there's and, and a... like the the pacing, the the momentum just drops right there, and then it picks up again. But it's you've kind of already lost it. Yeah, there's a part where it feels like the movie is over, over, mm-hmm. and then like I didn't check my time, to- I didn't check my watch or my phone or whatever. But I'm like, oh, okay, this movie should be over, and then there was like another thirty to forty minutes more of the movie to go, and I was like, huh, well that feels weird because it reminds me of. Um, the Dark Knight feels that way too, like when they catch Joker, and then you think the movie's kind of like almost over, and it's like, no, the Joker escapes, and all the other stuff happens and stuff, and it was like, oh, okay, they're kind of doing the same thing with that, so. Anyways, I enjoyed it, sort of. It's not bad in any way, it's just, it's just not amazing or, ter- uh, like, awesome in any way either. It's good, it's just good. But where it's going, I think it's it's dope. 
Yeah, I just didn't like the scene at the at towards the end. This is just like, what's the next thing? And I'm just like, oh, let's not do that again. I don't want to go into spoilers, but like, someone encounters somebody somewhere, and it's implied that that's but it's a cool storyline. The next villain, and I'm like, no, let's not I do I actually don't want to see that as a next villain because yeah. it's just been so overdone. Uh, although I love him, yeah, but uh, it is a cool storyline. Yeah, definitely go watch it if you have. But for some reason, by now you haven't seen it, it's worth watching. Uh, just just make sure you have some coffee or some caffeine before you go see it, because it there's parts where it does drag, and I did catch myself kind of like nodding off. I didn't fall asleep, but I did catch myself not even Johnny. I think Johnny even told me like, "Oh, I thought you were sleeping." I'm like, no, yeah. I was just very still <laughs> and quiet. So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a DC review podcast. It's not a Batman podcast. It is the Duo Sense podcast where we talk about video games, what we've been playing, the video game news around them, and all that video game stuff goodness. My name is Andrew Roscoe. As always, I'm the main host. Although, I don't know if main's the right word, but I am the one who tends to lead and do all the reading. So, therefore, I'm joined by usual, my co-host, the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he is always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one. Here's Johnny. Yo. How's it going, Johnny? Pretty good. How's your week been so far? Uh, it's been cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm still... Oh, fuck, dude. I'm still playing Horizon. I love the fucking game. I'm not going to get into it right now. <laughs> but... Are you close to Platinum in it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, you can check the trophy list. Yeah, yeah. I don't have too many trophies left, uh-huh. but I I'm just grinding right now. Are you just trying to fill up the skill, the like the the skill trees? Well, there's yeah, but the, what the problem I have is they're unknown trophies. You know, well, you just push square. You know that, right? To reveal them? Yeah, I did not know that. We've talked all about this years, before. All these years, I didn't know that. We've talked about this before. When there's an unknown trophy, you highlight it, you push square, and it reveals like the criteria. Huh? Even if you couldn't do that, you can also look it up online. There's trophy lists online too. Yeah, I did do that, but it didn't. I I guess there's a. You ton didn't cross reference which one was which. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's been a thing since like PS4 generation. I thought there were. Since the start of the PS4 generation. I thought it was part of, like, the treasure hunt thing. No, you can reveal it. How, yeah, because imagine if there's a game that's so frustrating, like, you don't know what you're supposed to do. And it's, like, something dumb, like... Well, that's when you cross-reference. Like, jump ten times in a row or something silly like that. Which you normally would never do anyway, so it's like... Yeah, right now I have, uh, like, one of the trophies is you have to upgrade three weapons. Yeah. But I have to... I got that one. I got that oh, you one. did? Yeah. Oh, but you're playing it. Well, no, that has nothing to do with it. I just chose weapons that didn't have that many, like, slots for upgrades. Yeah, but that that actually makes a difference. Yeah, I wasn't gonna get into this, but whatever. Real quick, when you're playing in the easier mode, it gives you a lot of shit. Normal mode. It gives you a ton of normal mode. Let's get it. Let's charge, get it right. Let's get it right. It gives you a lot. Yeah, it does. And when you're like grinding in fucking difficulty mode, you like it's Not- tough to shoot off the parts. It's, everything is just. Insane. I also took up like the skills that give you like more stuff when you like loot and stuff too. More machine parts and everything. All so right, let's, let's not get into this. Right it's right working right. smarter, Johnny, not harder. Working smarter. Anyways, Johnny, we have a couple of stories for this week's episode. So let's get in there. Let's get deep in there. All up in there. First story. So we're going to start off with some darker news and work our way towards some lighter news. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Other way around. 
We're going to start off with the lighter side of news and then work our way to the darker stuff. Because the dawn, the, the morning always comes before the night. So this comes from the PlayStation blog, Johnny. The state of play, which we saw earlier. I saw it, like, literally I was still at work when I was started watching it. So here we go. So we had some games announced. Johnny, for some reason, suspected we would get a lot of Resident Evil stuff. Way off. But kudos to him for being ballsy enough to try to predict something. I didn't predict anything. I'm like... I was going to predict Forspoken. That happened, but I didn't say it. That did happen, sort of, in a way. <laughs> You're not wrong. So let's, let's just tackle this list in order, shall we? So the first thing we see, and I'm like, I'm like oh, Johnny's going to be happy because there's dinosaurs. And I'm thinking Capcom, and no. I'm thinking dino crisis and then we see these robots in these suits and i'm like oh no hopefully this is not because johnny's gonna be mad if this is dino crisis well yeah because we saw the girl with the red hair i forget her name and it just didn't develop into anything that i would think is dino crisis except fucking dinos and a girl with the red hair right yeah and it was it looks like a fun game actually except i pray to god i prayed to god that it wasn't dino crisis you had time in that presentation to like Get on your knees and start praying. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I did. You pause, you're like, Lord, I, I'm not a religious man. I know we don't talk very often, but please, if there's one thing in this world you can do for me, don't let this be Dino Crisis. Yeah, it looks like a fun, like a mindless type of game. Of so play. here it goes. Exoprimal is the name of the game. Yes. It says, so the official like little blurb on PlayStation Blog says, Futuristic exosuits clash with dinosaur hordes in Exoprimal out in 2023. All right, I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to read the whole thing, but I want to read a little bit so we can. It says a new IP from Capcom featuring intense multiplayer co op battles, introducing Exoprimal, a brand new IP from Capcom featuring teams of five players in state of the art exosuits. Uh oh. That reminds me of a certain exosuit game that didn't do so well. Facing off against relentless hordes of history's strongest and deadliest dinosaurs. There's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Yeah, that's a weird way to say it, but yeah. Don't worry. On behalf of the development team at Capcom Japan, I'm here to walk you through this new team-based action game. Let's set the stage first. The year is 2043. That's not that long from now. For reasons unknown, mysterious vortexes have been opening up, unleashing endless swarms of dinosaurs upon the modern world. (laughs) We're about to see a vicious fight for survival between the brave exo-fighters of the near future and ferocious creatures from the distant past who threaten to drive humanity toward extinction. And it says, check out the video below. So um, we're, we're not going to we're not gonna do that right now. But anyways, so it looks like there's like five different classes or like five different style of suits. And there's like a person who like flies. There's like a heavy guy who like takes the front stage. There's an even heavier guy who looks like... He looks like uh, um, What's his name? The guy who laughs and grows fat in Milgar Solid 2. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Fat Man? Fat Man. He looks like Fat Man. He has like the, the, the collar that goes above his head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big yellow, big bulky suit. We have a dude who looks like he's like the speedy one because he's like very thin with like big, big blades and stuff. And then we have like a person who looks like a sniper in the background. So you have like five different classes it looks like. Uh... I'm not going to really, I'm probably not going to be interested in this unless it's like one of the free PlayStation games of the month or something. Because this, as soon as I found out it's like multiplayer, like the whole component is multiplayer, I'm like, ah, I'm not really, I'm not, I don't want to get into that really. So, so Johnny, let's just be glad it's not Dino Crisis 4 or whatever. Because there was a 3, there was a 3 on Xbox. 
Next one, we got an update for Ghostwire Tokyo, which looks even scarier than the last time we saw it. Johnny, do you disagree? Agree? Disagree? No, a whole lot of action. Right, so... It's better than what we've seen before. Yeah. Uh, let me read a little blurb here. It says, The wait is almost over. Gather your resolve and face an entire city of the supernatural in Ghostwire Tokyo. Launching March 25th. That's this month, Johnny. In but a moment, nearly all of Tokyo's living population has vanished as beings from myth, folklore, and urban legend manifest all over the city. As Akito, a survivor of the disappearance, players will team up with a ghostly detective named KK to get to the bottom of this world's shattering phenomenon and bring its perpetrator, a masked man known only as Hanya, to justice. Yeah, so this is like a first-person action horror-style game, but it's like set outside it doesn't see, like there's no like narrow kick corridors like you would associate like hallways with like a scary game it's like or a horror game i should say it looks like you have like powers it reminds me of this it kind of reminds me of bioshock sort of like, i kind of i kind of get like a bioshock vibe from it where like you're at like, powers and you're dealing with like supernatural threats i'm curious i am very curious but i don't know if i want to bite right away especially in a month like that's as packed as this month so Johnny, do you have any take on Is it? Is it out next month? No, it's March 25th. This literally this month. Like, let me do the math. Like two weeks from now? Yeah. Well, it, does it have a... Everything is subtitled. I really can't get into a game like this where I'm trying to focus on the action. Johnny's not very cultured. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely not. But <laughs> it's, it's a distraction. There's like no voiceover for it. Because that's you know, just my main gripe. That and it's first person. The action looks cool. The aesthetics look dope. Mm-hmm. But it's just not. Yeah, Johnny doesn't like first person games. I forgot about that. That yeah. is a real thing. That's not like a. That's not being sarcastic. That's literally a, a, a Johnny like kind of thing. Yeah, I'll play them. But when it comes to like a purchase, I'm not gonna buy. Buy. And then Johnny, we get another look at I. I'm kind of embarrassed, but at the same time, it's understandable. I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. And I completely forgot that Stranger of Paradise comes out this month also, which is like the Final Fantasy spinoff. That looks weird. It looks it it's it looks like something. Yeah, it looks something. So here we go. It says the demo launches today and lets you play the first three stages of the game. So I'm kind I'm gonna try that when I get home if I have time. At long last, the release of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is almost upon us, and I'm delighted to announce that we've prepared a demo for everyone who's been looking forward to launch on March 18th. So that's literally one one week and two days from now, Johnny. So not this Friday, but next Friday. It says the demo will be available for PlayStation 4 as well as PlayStation 5. It allows you to play the first three stages from the beginning of the game up to the Western Keep. You can also play the multiplayer mode with other people playing the demo. Ooh, okay. Additionally, save data can be carried over to the main game. So please feel free to give the demo a play as you await the release date. I'll probably play this weekend then. Um, I this is one of those games. I think I remember we first saw gameplay for this and playing the demo. It looked like a PS3 kind of looking game back then. Yeah, it looks a little bit better now from what I've seen. The footage looks more like like we're now PS4 looking game. <laughs> so we're moving up a generation. Why is this a spinoff? Well, because it's not one of the numbered mainline games. It doesn't have a number in its name. Well, really. was he like a character in one of the games? So yeah, you're playing the as the original uh, warriors of light which are the characters from the very very first final fantasy game mm-hmm. final fantasy one basically 
It looks like it's a reimagining of that game, the story of that game, or a prequel, at least a prequel to the game. So was this the game people were asking for? No. Just out of the blue? Yes. Well, when it was announced, it was out of the blue. Okay. It's just weird because this game was announced after Final Fantasy 16, and it's coming out way before Final Fantasy 16. But then again, I think it was also outsourced to a studio outside of Square Enix. I don't remember. I'm like scanning the article for more information. I think this is from the people from, not Bandai Namco, but like one of those, uh, it's not Team Ninja either. No, it's like one of those other external studios. So I'm wondering if that's why it's getting like, you know, uh, we call it not processed fast. Uh, what do you call it when something's being like pushed forward? Expedite. Thank you. That's the word. Thank you so much, Johnny. That's exactly expedited. Yeah. So I'm gonna play it because I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. But I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that game comes out. This is a busy month for us. Well, for me. Specifically. What do you think is gonna be the main issue with this game? It's gonna come down to gameplay and probably frame rate. Really? Because when we first saw the game, like the game looked kind of rough from a frame rate point. Okay. And ultimately, it's gonna be: is a game good? Is a story good? Those are things that we still don't know yet. So. We're going to see. I'm very curious. I'm going to play anyways because I love Final Fantasy. I love the mythos and the style and the world of Final Fantasy. So we shall see. Dogs are on our side, by the way. So, all right. And then we got the, we got a, another trailer for Forspoken, Johnny, which also got delayed. This ain't going to work. Huh? This isn't going to work. Yeah. yeah. It's starting, Just, to, uh, starting to worry a little pause bit. Pause the pod. I'm going to have to silence this dog. I'll be right back. I can't tell if you're serious. Okay, he is serious. All right, boss. All right, Johnny's back now. So apparently Forspoken needs a little more polish, Johnny. It got delayed to October 11th, which is like almost half a year. Half a year longer than it was supposed to. Wasn't it supposed to come out like in May or June? Or April? Definitely sooner. I don't remember what the original release date was. But it was one of those games I think that was like in the back of our mind that we felt might end up getting delayed anyways. So I'm not that surprised. But uh, yeah, so Forspoken got delayed to October 11th. I'm I'm looking forward to this game, so I'm kind of I'm kind of happy in a way too, because first of all, right now the next few months are packed anyway. So like, if we could spread out the releases, that's not a bad thing. Wait, but wait, when's it coming out again? October 11th. Oh, okay, cool. I thought it was for next year. No, right, that's cool. No, later this year. Later this year. Yeah, the trailer didn't show. Didn't doesn't look like it addressed anything that we had talked about before like the world looks pretty empty yeah right? yeah there's that but i mean what i saw with this trailer it looks pretty fucking amazing dude with the dragon the combat looks amazing all that bouncing around yeah it, well i think we saw the combat before and it looked good but it didn't look as good as this before so next thing we have gundam evolution which it looks like to be the i don't know if there's ever been a first person gundam shooter a first person shooter for gundam but this looks like this is might be the first one Let's see what the blurb says. Attention pilots of all skill levels. Online exclusive Gundam Evolution is coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 in 2022. Claim victory on the battlefield in this new free-to-play first-person shooter where players can pilot mobile suits from the Gundam anime series in 6v6 objective-based combat. In early development planning, we established two main concepts. We wanted to blend into a new Gundam game experience. Fast and immersive mobile suit team battles meets the ability for a mobile suit to clinch victory using their unique set of attributes, abilities, and boost tactics. So this is basically a first-person Gundam game, which 
yeah, it seems like there's never been one before. They've always been like third person, like tactical or like objective based action games. This is kind of cool. I'm not a big Gundam guy. I've always wanted to get into Gundam. It's just been so like it's very intimidating and kind of unapproachable because there's so yeah. many different Gundam series and like there's no right way to watch them. They're kind of independent. Really? They're independent of each other, kind of like Final Fantasy. Like you can jump into Final Fantasy in any of the games and not miss anything because they're not related to each other, just with the name. But all the Gundam games, all the Gundam anime is about giant robots, basically. So yeah what's that uh what's that recommendation we had it was like gundam orphans of oh iron blood and orphans yeah i gotta i think that might that's be someone our cousin joe told us about iron blood orphans i think that's the one where i should jump into first yeah I because think it's too. like my style of like it's newer too it's the newest one i think newest iteration yeah that's probably the way to, for me to jump into the gundam that and of course well there's like the model kits right yeah I know some people who don't even care about the anime or like any of the games, but they do collect the model kits. Yeah, I should probably make a model kit someday. They seem pretty cool, and I, I I know they're like super accessible now. Like I see them, at, I've seen them at Walmart before. So like you can you don't have to go to the hobby shop to get them. But anyways, back on topic. This looks pretty cool, and it's free to play. So I'm definitely interested in trying it. I just hope it's n- new, user friendly, and approachable. So. I don't think we got an actual release date, right? I think that was just 2022, right? Yeah. I don't think there was an actual release date, but uh, worth checking out, it looks like. Do you think uh, they'll make a Gundam episode related to gas prices? No? I don't know. Don't think so? I don't know. Not I don't know planet? enough about Gundam. Huh? Not on their planet. Hey, wait, that's our planet, right? Yes and no. Yeah, they would be talking about gas prices. Because, like, I think from what I understand in Gundam, like, at least in the original one, like, there's people who leave Earth mm-hmm. to colonize, like, the moon or Mars or something like that. Okay. And they make these colonies. Or I think they've been, like, cast out or something. I forget if they were exiled to space or if they left they left to space of their own free will. They make colonies... And then they make a new government, and now they're at war with the old Earth one, which every every government on Earth has now joined to this massive single government mm, called okay. like Earth Feder- Federation something something. I forget the details, but they're, they're like fighting over resources or something. Gas wars. I don't know if it's gas though. I'm just bullshitting. Oh, let's, let's continue. Anyways, because Johnny likes to go on tangents, so the next one, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection. Johnny, this probably... I'm surprised... I would be surprised if this doesn't appeal to you in some way. Especially that nostalgia factor. So let's get into the blurb. It says, Hi everyone, we're glad to finally unveil the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Cowabunga Collection. Ever since we started releasing collections, the response from our fans has been emphatic on what we should do next. Give us the turtles! Together with Nickelodeon and Digital Eclipse, we're compiling one of the most comprehensive retro game collections ever. It was clear from the start that the Cowabunga Collection needed the entire Western release of 8-bit and 16-bit games, their Japanese versions, and of course the TMNT arcade games. Together we're bringing all 13 console and arcade games and their regional versions to PS4 and PS5 in 2022. So there you have it, Johnny. I'm not going to read the rest because I'm a little out of breath trying to see all the names. Okay, so here's the list. <clears throat> It says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project, what, what, 
Were they working with Einstein to make a nuclear bomb or something? What? Or is it just because it said in, it says in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project? No, I don't mean really Were they working with the Allies to secure a victory for <laughs> against Nazi Germany? <laughs> and the 16-bit Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, and the Hyperstone Heist. We'll also have all the local multiplayer fun of yesterday. Ooh, local multiplayer. There's also a TMNT3, Radical Rescue, and okay, that's pretty much it. So it's those games, and then just like the Japanese versions of those games. It looks like John, are you ex- you're you're by far maybe after Joe the biggest TMNT fan that I know. What does this do for you, if anything? Nothing. Okay, so you're not the biggest fan after Joe that I know. <laughs> No, this does nothing. This is just a rehash. I mean, are you excited to play these games? No. Okay. Well, there you guys. There you have it, guys. You've heard it from the number two fan. He is not excited about this. No, I want something new. I want. I want to see the Ninja Turtles. It could be a side scroller. Well, we're and still gonna get on, the. It should be on Unreal Engine. What but this is? Yeah, well, we're not? still getting that other one. The one that uh, John, the Joe's excited about. I forgot what it's called. Shredder's Revenge. There you go. Yes, but it's still it's still like a retro game. But it's a new game with the retro aesthetic. Okay. Does that not do anything for you, Johnny? Are you just too are you just too jaded now? No, it's like taking an old car and then just like putting new tech on it, and it has like a shitty design. No, it's taking it's making a new car they based off of an old model. That's what, literally what it I is. I don't have the car name right now, but that's why I can't make my my example work okay you're gonna say like uh i think it was a thunderbird that they made and it was somewhere in the 2000s and looked like shit but it was supposed to be a retro look but yeah whatever whole different story all right so johnny so johnny we can't scratch your nostalgic itch is what you're saying because you don't have one you could but i want to see it on a good engine all right okay Next one we saw was Giga Bash, Johnny. This was the one that looks like a Godzilla game without Godzilla. It's the one with the Kaijus. So Giga Bash, this brings multiplayer, monsters, and mayhem to PS5 and PS4 this year. Did you see him during State of Play today? The Golden Dragon Kaiju, seething with green fire. That's Rawa, nicknamed the Extinction Dragon. And one of our newly revealed playable characters for our game, Giga Bash. Welcome to our little corner of the internet, friend. We are Passion Republic Games, a Malaysian indie game startup, and today we're giving you a closer look at Gigabash. Alright, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but basically, it's it's like Godzilla mixed with Power Rangers, mixed with some other stuff, but with none of the actual licenses or IP. But you get to destroy stuff, so it kind of reminds me of Rampage in a way. I was going to say that. Yeah, Rampage. You get to destroy stuff, there's like characters that look like based off Ultraman and like power rangers and megazords and godzilla and all that good like japanese kaiju stuff so yeah it's on that when i saw this johnny does this one scratch an itch at all not at all really this looks fun to me it looks fun to me but it looks like the kind of game that you have to get like a lot of people together and just like have fun together doesn't look fun on its own Mm -mm. so if we could have this as a playstation plus game or if i could like if it's like 20 bucks maybe get my friends to like hey let's check this out but I would have to have try a demo of it or maybe watch a YouTube review of it or something because it looks interesting, but in a year as jam-packed as this with so many releases, it's like you're going to have to kind of... you have to step up a little bit to get my attention. You know what I mean? Johnny's nodding, nodding silently. He's nodding sagely. 
stroking his chin. There you go. Now he's doing it. <laughs> All right. Next one, Johnny, was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is basically, it's an anime, if you if you didn't figure it out. Oh, this was a terrible fucking trailer. This shit was awful. It was weird. I'll give you that. It was weird. No, it looked like it looked like somebody's just flashing their hands in front of your face. Like you can't <laughs> see shit. It, yeah, the art style and like the way looks, the montage is depicted is kind of weird. The art style just looks dirty, right? It looks like dirty cell shaded. It is so yeah, kind of like cell shaded sort of, yeah. There's a, I forget the style, but it's not cell shaded, but it looks like cell shaded. I'm not a big JoJo fan. Uh, mm-hmm. clearly you're not either but jojo's bizarre adventure like it ha- that whole series has a huge cult following and when i was watching the state of play on youtube like i saw like the chat was going wild for it because there is there is a group of people who are who love this like particular manga slash anime that's ugly you know what's weird about the the style is like they have like the characters have like beautiful eyes but then they all have like really ugly noses for some reason and I don't know why they have ugly noses, but it is what it is. So whoever is a JoJo fan, I'm happy for you because it's it, that really didn't do much for me. And then we got the next one, Johnny. Battle Through Hell and Back in Trek to Yomi. So this was the black and white samurai game that we saw. I think we've seen this before a couple months ago. They showed it also. So the gameplay looks cool as a, you know, in-between game between all like the big ass games. Yeah. But it's black and white. I can't just play games straight up like that. Why not? Like, it's like putting the the we call it the Kurosawa filter on Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, so just give me the option to make it black and white. Alright, it says here so look I'm gonna read the little blurb, not all of it, but just part of it. It says Hello PlayStation fans, my name is Leonard Menciari, creator of Trek to Yomi, coming soon to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. As we get closer to launch, I'd like to invite you to join me as we explore more about the story and development of Trek to Yomi and reveal some of the finer details the team as Flying Wild Hog have helped me bring to life. Trek to Yomi's theme and narrative are built upon two essential pillars, historical Japan and Shinto mythology. Shinto belief is that gods are present everywhere they live in every rock, tree, or flower. So part of our narrative dives deeper into this belief, telling short tales of our hero, Hiroki's kami, ancestor spirits, the various eras of Japan they lived in, and the tragic, violent, or otherwise undeserved deaths that that mean they now endure a torturous half-life in Yomi. Often, these stories reflect Hiroki's journey and his dilemmas, vignettes to aid him in his final decision about the path he will tread. So there you go, Johnny. That kind of gives you a hint. So... Clearly, we don't have, like, the same main character of the entire game. It looks like we jump around from different perspectives of, like, the ancestors of this character. Different eras. That's kind of cool. I, I share the same issue with you two, Johnny, where I was grilling you I was grilling you for it. But, like, honestly, a game that's just all in black and white, like, visually, it's not going to hold my interest for long. No, it might be cool if it was in black and white, but it had certain things like when you see blood, it's red. Right. Oh yeah, or like kind of see, like Sin City, right? Like the movie. Yeah, yeah. Where when you see your objective, like the prize, it's in gold, or it look. stands out against the rest, like uh-huh. thematically. Yeah, I could see that. That I, I agree with you. Um, I was yeah. If it's all in black and white, there's no option to change that. I would be. It seems like it would really be kind of like shooting itself in the leg. So it looks like it looks dope though. Like the action, the gameplay looks good. It looks it does. reminds me of kind of like a Ninja Gaiden in a way. And it has 
I don't know. Maybe because in my mind, like, Ghost of Tsushima is still too fresh in my head. So I'm not that interested, really. But this is cool. I I like how it's it's different. It's not cliche. It's not something we've seen before, really. It's different enough to stand out. So the fact that it stands out in some way means that, like, if it ever goes on sale or joins Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or whatever, like, it's something for, to keep an eye on. So it's cool. It's just... Right now, not for me. Hopefully they patch in a color mode. But it sounds like the whole premise of the game is being built around it being like an homage to like Kurosawa films, which are black and white. So, I don't know. It looks cool. We'll see. All right, Johnny. We're almost done here, sir. We have three more. Returnal gets an update. Uh, this is cool. Adds co-op and something called the Tower of Sisyphus mode, which sounds very close to Syphilis. Sisyphus. The Tower of Sisyphus. There's no way... They must have known what they were doing with that name. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to read the little blurb. It says, hello again, everyone. It's been wonderful to see players continue to enjoy Returnal long after its release. We've provided a few patches and updates so far, but this time we wanted to provide something really special for our players. Our Ascension Expansion. This free update includes two new modes for you to enjoy, and it's coming later this month. While Returnal was designed as a focused, solidari- solitary experience, the hostile forces of Atropos can feel overwhelming and leave us yearning for companionship. With our new two-player online co-op mode, players can now combine their forces and brave the challenges of Atropos together. By accessing the Chronosis portal near the crash landing and another section, another select parts of the game, You'll have the option to either host or join a public cycle. Or, if you'd like to share the experience with a friend, you can also choose to host a private cycle instead. Once your connection is established, a Selene from another timeline will join your session and your shared journey will begin. In co-op, the game works in a similar fashion to single-player Returnal. However, if players get too far apart, they will be tethered back together. So remember, we were asked, I was asking you, like, I wonder how this would work. This is to ensure that the focus remains on cooperative gameplay and both players feel connected to the fates of each other. If one of the players is downed, there is still hope the other one has the option to revive them. But be wary that this will require some time investment and in the heat of battle, you'll need to be mindful of the myriad surrounding threats lest you join your fallen comrade into oblivion. Aside from connecting player stories and building a sense of camaraderie, the fleeting comfort you get from engaging with other players can also allow you to advance in the game if you're stuck. Progression is tied to the host, so if you're struggling to overcome a certain boss or biome, bringing in another player to help may open your road to triumph. With Returnal, we aim to create a balance between intense action, exploration, and haunting narrative. The procedurally generated biomes of Atropos offer a deep and intricate challenge. With our Ascension update, we wanted to offer new content. True to arcade roots, the Tower of Sisyphus is effectively our endless mode. Players will strive to ascend the tower as high as possible. However, much like the tragic story of Sisyphus, there is no end to the climb and players are tragically destined to meet their demise as the mode gets increasingly harder. So basically, it's like a horde mode. The only question is, how far can you get before succumbing? So, okay. All right. I read enough. We're going to leave it there, Johnny. So, Johnny, Mm -hmm. this is actually really cool. You know what I really like about this is because of the way Returnal works with the time loop situation. Like... It's really clever that they're allowing you to have another character because it's basically just you from a different timeline. And it makes sense within the universe of the game, right? That it's just another cycle of... Um, I forgot the character's name. Do you remember her name? Because I don't. 
I didn't play the game, so I don't remember. I know, but I thought maybe you would just remember the name at least. Uh, no. I think they said the name, and I just kind of passed by it. Uh, shoot. Eve? No, not Eve. It was something like that. Sisyphus. So Johnny looked up Sisyphus. Oh, that's what the... Okay, I know who that is. So it's that guy who's like rolling the boulder uphill, and each day the the boulder comes back down, right? Yeah, and he cheated to, uh, death twice. Yeah. Okay, so that's where the name comes from. So it's not just random. It's not like syphilis. Oh, Celine. That was her name. Yeah, Celine. he's infamous for general trickery and cheating death. Yeah, he pushes the boulder up each day and then comes back down at the end of each day. Okay, so that's really clever, and that's cool that they're adding like an endless mode because I know there's some people who beat the game and like. They were they wanted more but didn't see the point in doing the whole game all over again. Yeah, multiplayer on this is, is really cool. And I, it, it's a free update too, which I'm is just really, really cool. I'm really loving this trend that Sony's doing. Like you have a big ass campaign and then you have like the side mini Like with Ghost of Tsushima and stuff. I fucking love a Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. Well that one you had to pay for, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And then the last two announcements, which were mostly geared for people like me who love RPGs. You got the Diofield Chronicle announced for PS5, PS4. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, it looks like another JRPG, another strategy game. The font reminds me a lot of Triangle Strategy and uh, Octopath Traveler. Like it has that exact same font and like kind of typeface. It's a strategy RPG. I'm a huge strategy RPG fan. In fact, I'm playing Triangle Strategy right now, but we'll talk about that later. So it looks like another game in that same vein, and I'm all for it. It's supposed to be coming out later this year. I can't wait to play it. This is definitely my kind of... This is an Andy-ass game, if ever there was one. So, I'm hyped. And then the last game, of course, is Valkyrie of Elysium. We haven't had a Valkyrie game since, like, I want to say the PSP era? Mm-hmm. Val- Valkyrie, The Valkyrie series, Valkyrie Profile, Valkyrie Lenneth. Those have That's a Square Enix IP that's kind of laid dormant for a couple years now. So, it looks like they're getting back to their roots, which is really cool, but... It hasn't always, it's not, it's never been like a high selling franchise for Square Enix. So it seems like they're throwing their fans a bone there to kind of, you know, show some goodwill. So that was it. We got through it, Johnny. That was the state of play. Overall, Johnny, how did you feel about the state of play? A lot of people were saying like it was kind of underwhelming. Would you agree with that sentiment? I don't have any expectations for this. Like, I think that does. But nothing really like reached for you, right? Like, nothing really got you. No, just the, um, just Returnal stuff, which I still haven't played. But yeah, I was about to say that. I'm like, okay. Yeah, just that. But I give it a like a C. Yeah, I feel I agree. Yeah, I, I think by now we know state of plays are just like throwing shit at the wall, have no expectations about it. That's one way of looking at it. And then um, I think when we get the heavy stuff, the the real high caliber stuff, mm-hmm. they gotta like rename it something else. It can't be a state of play. It's gotta be. Like the PlayStation Experience or something like that, right? The PlayStation Experience. That sounds like a bad name or something. Or the PSX, something like that. All right. All right, good. Let's move on to our next story, sir. It's time for a darker tale, Johnny. This one comes to us from the way of Polygon, written by Nicole Carpenter. It says, eight more women allege sexual harassment and discrimination at PlayStation maker Sony. Let's see what we have here, Johnny. It says eight former and current Sony Interactive Entertainment employees have accused the PlayStation maker of sexism, according to court documents filed Tuesday. Axios first reported the filings. Former security analyst Emma Majo Majo filed a lawsuit against Sony for gender discrimination and wrongful termination in November 2021. 
Meijo is seeking class action status to include other employees impacted by sexism at the company. Sony filed to dismiss the complaint, citing a lack of specifics that prove, quote, widespread intentional discrimination, end quote. On Tuesday, Meijo's lawyer filed statements of support from seven former PlayStation workers and one current employee. These women provided written statements of support detailing instances of sexism at the company and across multiple offices in the United States. The allegations described in these documents range from devaluing women's ideas and discrimination toward mothers to sexual harassment and systemic struggles for women to get promoted. Stephen, Steve, Stephen Noel Ilg, Majo's lawyer, said in an adjacent statement that several other women feared retaliation from Sony and, quote, were too scared to speak up about what had occurred at the company, end quote. Marie Harrington, a former Sony Interactive senior director, left Sony in 2019 due to, quote, systemic sexism, sexism against females, end quote, which she reported throughout her career and outlined in nine pages filed Tuesday. She pointed out instances where women were undervalued against men in, quote, calibration sessions, end quote, where leadership highlighted high performers at the company. In April 2019, Harrington said that 70 workers were being reviewed during a calibration session and only four were women. She also flagged an instance when she reported a man's bullying behavior to his manager, quote, can we address this before PlayStation has its own national news article, end quote, she wrote in an email attached to the filing. Harrington also said men at Sony would rank female employees by their hotness and pass around filthy jokes and images of women. She also described an instance where an engineer asked her not to wear skirts to work because it was distracting him and alleged that male engineers went to strip clubs during lunch and shared porn. Yikes. In another incident, Harrington says she requested a private lactation room after having twins in 2005. She was required to use a, quote, storage room with a broken lock directly off the entrance lobby, end quote. Harrington wrote that she stopped breastfeeding early because it was not sustainable under those conditions. Other women provided similar examples in their statements. One former employee said she worked directly with four other women in her five years at Sony in the San Mateo and San Francisco offices. All of those women ended up leaving the company for similar reasons relating to sexual discrimination sexual harassment, and not being able to earn a promotion. She described instances where men made comments about women not understanding technology and another time where a senior manager attempted to, quote, grab her breasts, end quote, at an off-site work event. Another former employee described a similar incident at a work event with alcohol. Quote, a male senior manager was getting inappropriately close to me. He hugged me and whispered in my ear, I left and went to the bathroom and told some female co-workers. Soon after that, I transferred departments. Another former employee, Cara, Cara, Cara Johnson, who left in 2021, wrote a statement to leadership in Sony's women in Sony's Women at PlayStation Group, wherein she said at least 10 women left Sony's Rancho Bernardo office in four months. Quote, Though a certain amount of attrition after PS5 launch was expected, the dispro- disproportionate number of women leaving has alarmed leadership, end quote. One woman, ca- one woman called out a third-party investigation at Sony that uncovered a, quote, great imbalance in terms of employee distribution, end quote, on her team. The alleged sexual harassment and sexism at Sony is not a problem unique to that company. 
In the past few years, the video game industry has been reckoning with the pervasive sexism. Riot Games, the developer behind League of Legends, was ordered to pay $100 million to settle a class action lawsuit regarding gender discrimination. And then it kind of gets into the Activision Blizzard stuff and Ubisoft. And it kind of just goes from there, Johnny. So so not even at our beloved PlayStation, Johnny, not even there are women uh, as safe as we expected or as we thought. We just assumed they were because, you know, PlayStation, good guys. But uh, it kind of shows you the danger for women in the games industry lurks behind every corner. Johnny, what are your thoughts about this? What What are your two cents for this uh, story? I'm not sure, dude. Because that's what the courts are for. They have to go through through um, discovery, all that, right? Right. We got to see the receipts. We got to see the emails. From my point of view, I don't know. Some of it seems like, like, yeah, the creepy comments. Uh, okay, tell me what your idea is of harassment. I mean, straight out trying to grope you is clearly yeah, harassment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that. That's fucking harassment. Uh, but then there's like the creepy comments. Um, uh, the, the whispering, that's weird. That's the, just... the hugging and whispering combined. I mean, hugging by itself and whispering by itself, maybe not so much individually. Yeah, if it's like a whisper and I'll put my arm around you, that's like, okay, get the fuck away from Or like me. a brief hug. I don't know. But, but maybe if it's just like whispering, it's like, that's an awkward motherfucker. Stay away from that guy. Is that really harassment? But when right. he starts to like, actually like put your arms around you and shit like that, then I can see that being And whispering harassment. together. Yeah, the, yeah, those two together. That makes sense. Well, I, I think I got like because I work in a very woman dominated field with mm-hmm. it, with education and like like it's not uncommon for women sometimes to kind of just do the thing where they talk to you and they just place their hand on your shoulder kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like if they're trying to like see those are double standards there. So continue. No, because I don't. I will. Do men do that? Do they put women hands? Dude, on women's females shoulders? do shit to me where it's like this is harassment. Really? But, yeah, for sure. But then they give you like, are you fucking gay? Oh, okay. That type of deal. Well, okay. So like this example came up earlier today because I was I was passing by a teacher who I who I I I've talked to before like more than just like the ordered average teacher because we we I've been in her class a couple times. Mm-hmm. So she passed by. It was dismissal. She was leading her kids like to the gate to go home, and she's like, "Oh, thank you for picking up the assignment." Because she put out like, "Hey, like I need a sub for this." for next month or something man mm-hmm. i saw like the way we pick up assignments subs pick up assignments we see like the list and we, like like oh i know her class like i like her students they're, they're a good class of kids so like i accepted the assignment right now with the sub shortage it's not that common that your class does not get a sub and your class gets like split for the day or something mm-hmm. so she saw me and she's like oh like she recognized my name because she knows my name like on a first name basis and she's like oh andrew like i saw you picked up my son i appreciate that thank you so much and she did the thing where she puts like her hand on my shoulder to like say oh thank you so much and then quickly she just like walked away or whatever i'm like okay but like she's like the only one there's a handful of teachers that i know who do that thing and i i don't know if it's like a culture because all the women who do that are much older than me so i'm wondering if it's like a culturally like mom thing to do maybe i don't know well, that seemed okay. Like, I didn't the, mind. Yeah, normal. I mean, I don't mind. Now, if it was somebody who I don't know, who I don't have, like, that rapport with, I would have been like, like, why are you touching me? But because I've talked to her several times, I know. We're not, like, friend friends, but, yeah. like, we do have, like, there is a precedent for us, like, knowing each other. Yeah, for sure. 
how it just gets so like muddy dude like a girl could a guy could come up to a girl and does the same shit like hey how you doing puts a fucking hand on her yeah. on her shoulder and it'll really depend if he's cute she'll be like oh my god she this guy is hot i mean but if he's yeah. ugly and old it's like that's harassment oh god like the same shit like it's kind of, there's a lot of double standards in this shit uh, but yeah. i'm not saying they should not look into it because it isn't harassment because like yeah a lot of the stuff that she did, said seems like harassment to me yeah well it comes down ultimately what it comes down to is consent right it's like the yeah, person yeah. receiving it, like are they bothered or are they not bothered and you're right there is instances where it's like hey that's not fair right but ultimately it's up to the person who it's being done to to decide what is or is not well, then, what do you think about Fair the comment them. of uh, the guys used to go to strip clubs and watch porn during their lunch? During lunch? You're going to go to a strip club? Like, come on, Well, man. what does that have to do with her? Well, that has nothing to do with her specifically. That's just... She's describing the kind of, like... Well, you have to imagine they come back from work. Or, like, you know where they're going. Uh-huh. Or they must have been talking about, like, hey, we're going to hit the strip club, like, during lunch. And it's like, okay, like, that's, why are you sexualizing the conversation or, like, the workplace, like, to, like... Yes, Culture. I agree. If you're like bringing it into the workplace, yeah. then yeah. And if you're doing it during lunch, that's to me that's kind of pretty grimy. Yeah, but it's like, who gives a fuck? Like they're doing their thing. Yeah, it's not connected to her. What does it matter? But Unless they're coming in and saying like, "Hey, we saw the baddest bitches," and like they have I have to imagine titties. that's that, part of it. That can get, or else how know. would they know that they've been going to the strip club, right? For sure, yeah. So. And like the porn thing, like you're doing that on your own time during lunch and you're not like on office grounds or using like office tech. That's your own. I guess that's like your own problem. But see, what about what about when females come to work and they're like, I fucked this guy. He had a big ass dick. Like, is that kind of not the same thing as a strip club? Because I have my like, maybe. Is it like is that like is it like a women culture thing for them? Do they all go to like the same thing during lunch or like I don't know like it's different because it happens off hours like not during the work day. For you, you're saying? No, I'm, yeah, because like the strip club stuff happened during lunch, so like you're still coming back, clocking in the same day. Kind I think of thing. the timing is grimy. Yeah, the timing is yeah. is the thing. Now they said, oh, we all went to the strip club after work. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You did your own thing or whatever. Right? But what if what if girls come into work and they're talking about dick? That's inappropriate during work hours. That's inappropriate. Yes. Yeah, because I have like I have homegirls that come to me and they're like, oh, I fucked this guy last night, whatever. I met him this time, whatever. During I get work, it. yes. Okay, but they're my homegirls, so I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Tell me about it. Like, but were they saying like openly, like in front of customers and like? No, they don't do that. Oh, okay, but then there are girls that do that. Mm, that's kind of trashy. Who are like just in the fucking break room talking about dick? I'm like, I'm not sure. In the break boy. room. Okay. Well, it could be like three girls talking about it and I'm at a table. I just came in. I'm like heating up the food and they're like openly talking about dick. And they come <laughs> just, and they're like assuming like, oh, yeah, John, whatever. Like he's our age. Like whatever. he's into it too. <laughs> well, no, no. But he's like, oh, yeah, he's our age, whatever. He knows what's up. But it's like they're not my homegirls. So why should I be okay with it? You do you know, tell them now? Do you tell them anything, or you just want to, or you're afraid of being perceived as like, oh, Johnny's a prick? Well, to me, it's not. I don't care. Like, okay. I, dude, people could be having a fucking combo about. It could be like anything, except I don't want to hear no shit about pedophilia, right? Right. That type of shit. I'm like, I'm going so to the sounds, fucking police. It sounds like in both cases, it comes down to the consent of the person who's hearing about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. I feel like we might not, be we might be missing some details here. Maybe. Every time we get into this topic, for me, it's like I need fucking receipts. And she gives like some good examples. That's an ongoing it's always, investi- yeah. it's always like, give me fucking receipts, because a lot of this stuff turns out to be double standards to me. Well, the receipts usually when these cases don't come out to like the end of the trial. That's the fucking problem. Yeah. Like we all have this commentary about it. Like, oh, they're fucking bad. This is they're fucking bad. It's just like we well, need to know what the fuck well, there's the smoke there's gonna fire. come out with. Huh? Like, where there's smoke, there's fire, is what you're saying, kind of thing? Yes, yes. There's There can be a lot of truth to it, but ultimately, I just want to know what the courts are going to say. Who knows? We're not, we won't know for a while. Same yeah. thing with the Activision Blizzard stuff. Like, we, we, did, we didn't know for a long time until afterwards, like, what the... It took a minute, but then at the end, it was like, yeah, Bobby Kotick is a fucking ass. Yeah, and then they had to pay, they had to settle with the... Yeah, with that's them. actually an interesting story, too, because it looked like, uh, what's his name from Xbox... Phil Spencer. Yeah, it was like... No, I don't want to get sued. Just let's continue. We're not going to get sued. We, as long as you say allegedly with everything, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> I, I guess. Allegedly? You do like the little air quotes? Allegedly? Like you'll be fine. Well, yeah, Bobby's like getting the golden parachute and... Allegedly. No, he's getting... He's getting money. That's not allegedly. He's getting paid well. Oh, golden parachute implies... It's like you're adding like circumstances to the money. Like... like like he's getting like ejected kind of thing allegedly all right all right so sony do right by your employees do right by your that employees. was his name right Bobby Bobby Cody? Cody? yes sir yeah. yes okay. sir yes sir sony do right by your employees johnny let's get into some lighter stuff something that probably you care more about than i do because you're the big kratos fan around here this comes to us from way of ign written by matt kim i like how the subtitle is just boy because you know that's the that's the thing if you talk about god of war you have to put boy in there somewhere a god of war tv series is in the works at amazon prime video it says amazon prime video will potentially expand their video game tv series lineup with none other than a god of war live action series according to deadline prime video is in talks with playstation to adapt god of war as a live action tv series the expanse creators and executive producers mark fergus and hawk ostby as well as the Wheel of Time producer Raf Judkins, are all looking to join the adaptation. If finalized, God of War will join The Last of Us and Twisted Metal as the latest PlayStation exclusives to make the jump to live-action TV. Not counting some of the other flagship games adapted to the big screen like Uncharted and the upcoming Ghost of Tsushima movie. However, The Last of Us is headed to HBO, while Twisted Metal is set for Peacock. That's such a weird choice to me, but okay. But God of War won't be Amazon's only video game adaptation. Amazon Studios is currently developing a Fallout TV series, if God willing we ever get it, from the creators of Westworld starring Walton Goggins, and a Mass Effect TV series is also set for Prime Video. Johnny, you might have to hop on that Amazon Prime subscription. God of War is a long-running PlayStation exclusive, but the series will likely try and capitalize on the popularity of the most recent incarnation of the series from Sony Santa Monica Studios. The series stars Kratos, an ex-Spartan who wages war against the Greek gods. Following the conclusion of the original trilogy, Kratos started a new life in Scandinavia, where he encounters a new set of Norse gods and the troubles that come with them. Johnny. Mm-hmm. You care more about God of War than probably any other game, I think. Not necessarily. Well, you're okay. You're a big it's fan. Of, you're a big fan of Kratos and the boy and everything else that goes along with it. What are your thoughts about this potential Amazon Prime? I don't series? want this at all. 
What? Okay, are you one of those people who's like, if this is done bad, it's going to ruin the rest of the series for me kind of thing? No. Okay, so why... Okay, give me... Why should this not be done? Well, it's not going to ruin the series for me, but... I mean, if someone else that isn't necessarily into gaming and sees this and they're like, oh, this is some some bullshit, it might not incentivize them to play the game and get the... You know, so you're worried about story. the legacy for other people of, of God of War? I guess you could say that. You're worried about the name being tainted in the eyes of the public? I mean, that's sort of one aspect of of it but it's also uh, for me i just i don't care about it like but you're saying you care about it because you're saying it shouldn't be done so you do care about it in some fashion yeah in some fashion but for me i don't care about it like i care about people not appreciating what the god of war story is right okay and also it's like it's an amazon thing i don't know amazon that does anything all that great except maybe the expanse which i've never seen so i can't confirm nor deny that Okay, so you just don't want to be... Do, do you if, think... If anybody made God of War, I'd want it to be HBO. And also, I don't know who the fuck is okay. going to play God of War except Chris Hemsworth. Okay, well, they have... One of the people who is interest, in, interested in doing the adaptation is one of the writers from Game of Thrones, who, which is an HBO series. So there is an HBO connection there. And I think Chris Hemsworth, he's already Thor. You can't have him as Kratos, too, because that's just weird. Wait a minute. So one of the writers that's on God of War... Is... No, 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 no. One of the writers who did Game of Thrones, uh-huh. which is an HBO series, mm-hmm. is expressing interest in joining this collaboration for God of War. So there is an HBO connection of degrees in there. Separation of degrees, but yeah, well, it's that's there. a very loose connection. Is it though? If one of the writers from HBO series is involved, you don't think that's a strong. He's not thing? involved. He said he wishes to be on it. Well, he's part, he's one of the ones, oh, the three mentioned, who are like trying to work together to make this happen. And also, again, Chris Hemsworth, just because he's buffed. Is and what did that reason. writer contribute to Game of Thrones? I don't know, Johnny. I'm just reading you what the article said. <laughs> he's a writer. He was one of the writers on Game of Thrones. That's gonna have to be good enough for now. Okay. Okay. How would you want this? Sh- would you? Would we like what? Take out a god per episode? How would you approach the show? Let's see. Oh my god. Uh, ah, I see what you did there. Oh my god, indeed. So they they probably go with the latest iteration. That's with, what they said, right? With a boy. So we get a young Atreus, but, but it wouldn't be in, like a god per episode. That's would it just? That's be? a crazy task to do. <laughs> what, you, is you it just him? It okay, so what, they just divide the stories, chapters into episodes. Then no, it, it'd probably be like God's talking in the background, and it'd be Kratos raising his son, and there'd probably be uh and the confrontation with there'd probably be like a previous Baldur. section where he's like with his wife, okay. and then his probably wife, flashbacks. No, maybe yeah, flashbacks. Maybe some flashbacks, and then his wife dies, and then they got to go on this journey together, and then. Turns out all the gods are trying to fuck him up. Do you think God of War is a series that is like is could be adapted properly to a TV series, to a limited TV series? Is there enough story for there to be explored in every episode, you think? Or is it just like waves of enemies, generic enemies, and then move on to the next like setting or the next part of the mountain? You know what's really weird about this? What? Tell us what's weird, Johnny. Tell us. Is that it's a show. Yes, it is. <laughs> where they have to talk about the characters. Yes. 
And one of the characters, Kratos, doesn't talk a whole lot. Like, he fucking barely talks. Like, God of War, you go in there, you're silent. Especially because people fuck with you, and you fuck them up. Especially because Kratos is a lot more subdued than he was in his early... He's not raging and shouting all the time like he used to be. Yeah, but even well, he the when he was like he's vengeful not, and sick. he's not saying very much. So what are they gonna fill his his conversations with? Is he just gonna go to the fucking bar and talk to the peasants there? And no, he's gonna have to have interactions with his son, I think, to make up for it. Because I do like I, okay, I never yeah, finished. but Kratos is so stoic. Like he barely he barely gives advice to Kratos to to his son, and when he does, it's just like that life or death type of of advice. Yeah, and then like there's those moments where like like I like the subtle moments like when he tries to reach for him and then like changes his mind like nah never mind like I'm not gonna comfort him right now. I think there's a lot of mo- I think you can still do a good series and if you even if he's not like emotive and like talking all the time I feel like you can still do like kind of like focusing on the journey kind of stuff. There's other characters right you have like those two well, blue guys who are like the Smiths that you have a. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Freya, I think. There's oh, like Freya's fucking great. Like there's other characters who can kind of fill in that void for Kratos. He doesn't I mean he can talk, but he, obviously he's not gonna be like, you know, yeah, pop, that, he's not gonna be pulling one liners out of his pocket. But then if everybody's talking, it makes Kratos take a back seat until he like just fights and then he just look at, looks like an asshole. Like who's this guy that never talks and just comes and wrecks everybody? But most of the time Kratos doesn't look for trouble, trouble finds him. So he's not really like the jerk in the story you know what i mean it's like a like, trouble finds him not the other way around usually right it literally comes knocking to his door <laughs> sort of so like he went out of his way to go get the gods right at, in this yeah. in this latest iteration he was trying to chill in his little cabin exactly and then that's when people came for him yeah well so it's, it's a little backwards okay from the first game to the previous right because right, right, we're not talking about the original ones we're talking about like the latest one yeah, they came to him. Yeah, exactly. What is cool though is all the factions. Like you got the dark elves, you got the fucking, you got the 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 ice giants, the ice giants, the smiths. You have all the the pantheon of gods. So all these little factions are are cool. But yeah, Kratos. I don't know how to how they're gonna execute Kratos. Like he's, I don't want him to talk a lot. And then who's gonna fit the bill for his for his fucking build, dude? This guy is massive. He's a god. Like, I can only see Hemsworth pulling nah. him off. Who else? I think, and it's not a serious suggestion, but I think Batista could do better than Chris Hemsworth. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm not saying I want Batista, but I think Batista is better than Chris Hemsworth for this particular role. But I'd rather not have either one. So maybe uh, no. What about an unknown person? No. Why would you not want someone unknown who you could set who you, like you won't be like, oh yeah, like that's so and such such and such character like actor like you don't want to be taken out of the moment you know what I mean somebody who like is not going to distract you from the story. I'm actually okay with that. All right, good. All right, we'll see where this goes if it goes anywhere. I mean, this is I wonder if this is like one of the ones we talked about where like where Sony had like seven or eight different games in production for like adaptations like movies and shows. I have another take for this, but I'll tell you off the pod. Oh, a Johnny hot take. All right, Johnny, let's move on to our next story, sir. This one also comes to us from IGN, written by Joe Scrabbles, which, again, is just a pseudonym for whoever's at IGN. Forspoken delayed by almost five months. I told you it was like half a year, so five months. 
says the dev the delay will help the dev team to quote focus on focus all of our efforts on polishing the game end quote developer new luminous productions has delayed open world action rpg force spoken from may 25th to october 11th in a statement on twitter the dev team said that they the delay would let them focus all of their efforts on polishing the game the game had only received its original release date in december of last year uh i lost my spot for some reason the interface changed on me oh because it's loading the tweet that's why the ps5 and pc game was announced in 2020 and has been relatively quiet ever since in a hands-off preview last year we said that the game which is being created primarily by final fantasy 15 developers has an quote off-kilter take on the jrpg formula end quote and looks more like an open world rpg in the vein of assassin's creed and the witcher than anything I've previously seen from Square Enix. The team has high hopes for its unexpected project, too, from aiming for the highest quality visuals ever in open world game, to bringing in Rogue One writer Gary Witta and Uncharted creator Amy Hennig at different points of the development process. Starring Frey, a young woman pulled from modern New York into a fantastical realm called Athia, the game will feature a focus on magic, parkour, and high-speed action. Despite the delay, the game still has a number of additions to pre-order. Okay, that's a weird sentence to throw in at the end. But anyways, so Johnny, I mean, this isn't that surprising. Like we're still in that, we're still in that weird, is it still pandemic, post-pandemic? We're in that weird phase where like studios are kind of getting back into the office again, but like they're still feeling the repercussions of like working from home. It seems like this is kind of an extension of that because like, it sounds like the game's almost done. They're just kind of in the polishing phase. So it's not like there's like huge development issues where like, oh, we just changed development teams halfway or something like crazy like that. It sounds like it's just like this needs a little more, you know, spit and polish. So that's what he said. Oh, God, I just got it. Hi, Johnny. Never change. Johnny. never change. Even at the sound effect. <laughs> Oh, that was me like <laughs> spitting, but man, okay, whatever. <laughs> what do you think about this, Johnny? Were you because you? I think this is one of the few games where you and I are kind of both optimistic about. Like, this looks interesting, different, and cool at the same time. But in a season where like there's so many games coming out, like it's not too much of a bummer. Game push from May to October. What are your thoughts about this, Johnny? If any thoughts at all. Are you saying, am I okay with it? or Are, Do you have any hot takes about it? Do you feel a certain type of way? No, I need to see more of the open world. That's the main concern. Yeah, it looks very empty. Yeah, and we, we haven't seen like a whole lot of structures. What if that's part of the polish? What if it's filling, occupying that world? And how big is the world? Big. Like... Is it Horizon big? Is it Dead Red Dead big? Well, okay. Well, they did say they want to make it like the most visually like impressive graphical like open world game ever. So, no like, way. if they're trying to beat Horizon, they no have that's that's way. a tall tall. It order. looks so barren. So they're probably gonna have to like fill it in. Yeah, but with what? Buildings, shrubbery, plants. Yeah, ruins. but it doesn't look like they have a jungle. It looks like they just have plains mm-hmm. forever. You know what's another game that has planes? Yes. Horizon. Yeah, that's... With the, with the fields of wheat and grass and stuff. Yeah, but they had so much. True, I Come know. Come on, like... I know you're exaggerating. I know. 
I'm not trying to get a rise out of you in a way yet. <laughs> okay. They need to show this in the trailer. They need to show some actual gameplay, not just the trailer. Mm-hmm. But they need to show, give us like the first 20 minutes of it. Okay. And then give us like one gameplay of a boss battle. But I need to see some different biomes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I agree. All right. Well, we'll see. I guess the game will be ready when it's ready then. October 11th. That's like a, so long in the future, but it's still this year. So that's something. Let's move on to our final story, Johnny, which is also a story about a delay. This one comes from Kotaku, written by Ethan Gak. Gak. I can never pronounce this guy's name. We were, we were like read his articles all the time. I can never pronounce it if it's Gak or Gak. It's G A C H. So read it how you want. Nintendo indefinitely delays war game over Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp no longer has a release date. Nintendo announced today it's pushing back the Switch's game launch as a result of Russia's ongoing invasion of the Ukraine. The news comes as many other gaming companies have instituted bans of certain products in Russia as the humanitarian crisis continues to unfold. In light of recent world events... We have made the decision to delay Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, which was originally scheduled to release on Nintendo Switch on April 8th, Nintendo announced on Twitter today. Please stay tuned for updates on a new release date. A remake of the turn-based strategy games that was orig- that originally came to Game Boy Advance back in 2001 and 2003 respectively, Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 was revealed at E3 2021 and was previously set to come out last December before being delayed until this spring. The first game revolves around a war of aggression by a neighboring country that is later revealed to be the orchestrated plot of a separate group with the goal of weakening and destabilizing the world order. Quote, albeit in fictional countries, end quote. All right, so Johnny, interesting thing. This is not the first time this game has ever been delayed. I was trying to look it up because I have no idea what this game really is. So... The original game mm-hmm. that came out in 2001 was also delayed for a separate situation. What do you think happened in 2001? Pandemic. In 2001? Well, it was... Yeah, it was ongoing. In 2001. Okay, pa- what is it? 2001, that was like 20 years ago, Johnny. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. 9-11. The original game was delayed. Holy shit, how did I miss that? That original game was supposed to come out the same month, that nine, like in September, and it was delayed a couple months because of the whole... Well, because of 9-11, basically. So you're into this? Uh, yeah, I was about to say, it looks like a mobile type of game. It's a strategy It's a strategy game, kind of like XCOM in this bit, you know, with tanks and stuff like that. And uh, I have soldiers. seen some gameplay. The gameplay doesn't look bad. It looks decent. Yeah, it's really cool. I was actually really looking forward to this game. So the original was delayed back in 2001 for because of September 11th, and now it's being delayed because of the invasion of Ukraine. So it's like this game is like a bad luck charm. Hmm. Each time it comes out, it's like it means it means ill like will for the world basically. So let's hope that this is the last remake of this game because, woof. What do you think about that, Johnny? Do you think Nintendo was respo- was made the right call in delaying a game involving invading countries and tanks, given the current world situation? Do you think it's an overreaction, maybe, or what? I to me, it, I usually don't care. I don't. I don't care if like a film is connected to to some event. So, do you feel like it's an overreaction to delay this game? 
It has yeah, I think so. On the surface, very little to do with it, but on the, but deeper has kind of like thematic parallels. Yeah, 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 just fucking release it. Like the Last of Us came out right after the pandemic started. Yeah, I I think I think that's what makes that game feel so heavy for me is like the context of the pandemic and in, in the in-game world of a virus, like or I'm sorry, of a not a virus, what a bacteria? No, fungus, fungus. There you go. But the fact that it was like a epidemic of some kind. Yeah, that made no difference for me. Really? I think that kind of made me feel even more like immersed in the way in the game in a way. It like added an extra layer of like, oh yeah, like this sucks and people died and like the world was forever changed and all that. Probably for like a minute, like because you it's obvious, like, oh, there's a pandemic. There's a game about a pandemic. Okay, whatever. I, I get it. Let me just play the game now. And as soon as I'm playing the game, I'm like, all right, whatever. It's cool. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, but like, okay, when you would take a break from the game, what would you do? You'd probably listen to podcasts about COVID or like mm-hmm. newscasts about COVID. And then you jump back into the game and like it's still like present in your mind in some form, right? No, I'd listen to a podcast about the pandemic. And then I'd be thinking, you know what? I want to play The Last of Us. <laughs> it like made no difference of like, I feel sadder. I feel more anxiety i don't know okay all right i think there are some games i remember playing through in certain moments they just like hit differently for me i remember um what was it i just had on the tip of my tongue right now like there was um i remember like playing one of the kingdom hearts games like the senior year of high school like when i graduated and there being like a kind of like um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember one of my biggest, like, rejections from a girl was around the time that I was playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And one of the songs I listened to a lot during that game was uh, Ice Cube's uh, Today Was a Good Day. Uh, music's a little different for me. So, like, whenever I hear that song, I remember yeah. when I got rejected and going home to play San Andreas for that whole week that that happened. So there's like song. Okay, you're right. It's music, but it's tied to a game for me because I played the game. I didn't pursue the music. I just really liked that song in the game during that moment in my life. Yeah, music to me is a little different. Music carries like all the damn connections to, mm-hmm. to memories and current events. Okay. Yeah, because we were talking about last week after we came out from Batman, we went to get in and out. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing for you like a selection of music from like that I've liked over the years, like hip hop wise. And each time I put a song, you almost always had a story for each one. Like, oh, this is when yeah, I was you going. put it up, and then you'd be like, okay, what does this bring back? Yeah, and I'd had a, a story. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're right. But I think, do you have that for games? Like, just to go off on a little tangent here, do you have that for games where like you tie certain games with moments in your life, um, or maybe game releases with certain? Not, not too many. I think, I think the one game where it's heavily tied to memory is that first Resident Evil when we went to that little shack. Yeah, okay, that's a good example. Because I do, yeah, I, I share that memory with you. I remember that. Yeah, so there's that. There's like. It many... was with and, Andy and somebody else, right? They're like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot the other ones. Kev, Kenny, Kenny. I, but I think that's the heaviest one because it's a it's a horror game and it fits so well. And it was at night time and yeah. we're outside and. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I think it was like. But it was more. Uh, not stimulation, but like more factors involved, right? It was. Uh, the familiarity was just uncanny. The setting, yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. For me, I have a couple where, like, um, Kingdom Hearts 2, I remember when that came out, 
and I remember that came out. That was like my sophomore year of high school, and I remember. I also remember that when just when your brother and I we went to Iowa with Cynthia. Do you remember that we went to like a little road trip? Yeah, because I had just finished that game the day before we went on that road trip, and so like I'll always remember that game as being tied to like, oh yeah, when I did that cross country trip. So there's other there's other games for me like that, but it's that's a whole rabbit hole. I don't want to go down right now just because too many too many to list. So, anyways, this kind of sucks, but I get it. I get it. Nintendo's trying to be respectful. They, they're looking at the optics and it doesn't look tasteful, I guess. They don't want to be insensitive to the situation. And yeah, it sucks because I really wanted to play this game already. But you know what? There's other games. This and Forspoken being delayed just means I have more time with the games I do have. So I'm not too bummed about it. But Johnny, that was all of our hold up, stories hold up, hold up. for hold this. What? What? We got to sort this out. What? A new enemy has appeared? A new story has appeared? A new challenger approaches? What's going on here? Sort of. Should I put a little siren? What? Gak. Oh, that's how you pronounce it. Ethan Gak. 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 There you go. Okay. Ethan Gak. Now I know. Gak. Like What did you say before? Gak? Gak? I said gosh. I think I said Gak. Gok. Gash. Gak. Like yak or whack. Okay. What's Gak? Now we know. And if you don't know, now you know. Johnny, the following line, come on. Mm-mm. <laughs> He's like, Mm-mm. All right, Johnny, we're done with our stories then. So good, 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 good. Johnny, what have you been playing, sir? If anything. I've been trying to get that platinum. Oh, that's right, Horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Been playing that. You uh, just found I- out you can reveal trophies. Yep. Uh, I don't want to get into it because we are going to do the full review probably maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, still loving the game. There's not a whole lot for me to do, but... Still not loving the police? I, actually, the one thing I did do is I put it on easy mode because... So you can change the difficulty in the game then? Yeah, I wasn't too okay. sure. I, didn't, I, thought, I, didn't, I thought you were locked in. I didn't want to mess with it until I actually beat the main story. Oh, okay. You didn't want to tarnish your uh, your perfect. Yeah, but apparently game. there is no trophy difficulty attached to the yeah, difficulty. Which is, yeah, which is great because then it means it That's doesn't matter. That's lame. That well, shit is so lame. Would you play through a game more than once for a platinum? I, I think there's very few games I would play more than once for a platinum. No, if it's the difficulty mode. Yeah. If I have it in the highest difficulty. I want that trophy. If I was playing on normal, I did play on normal, but if there was a trophy attached to difficulty, I would just not platinum because I'm like, I don't want to go through this again. That's why. No, it's fair. Let's just be glad there's no online trophies. Let's just be happy. So once that. I figured out that there was no trophy attached to it, I have to grind a lot of uh, enemies. So that's why I put it on into easy mode. Do you get more experience or what? Or is it just easier? Oh, fuck, dude. It's retarded. Like, it's absurd. I'd go up to an enemy... Any, like, elemental thing I have, like, it could be a snake or a charm tusk, whatever. I shoot him one time, and he's already in, in the state. You like, the stunned on the floor? Yeah, he's fucking collapsed. Okay. Right? He's burning, whatever. On, what on, difficulty did you put on, you said? On easy. the easiest one. Okay. Oh, no wonder. I went on normal. I'm like, that was not my experience. Okay. No, no. It's it's lame. Easy is so lame. Yeah, I just go up to him. It's almost like it's exactly what it's advertised. I throw as. a few uh, bombs at him, and he's dead. And then I I take off the parts. Yeah. First, I take off the parts. That's why I'm there. I'm taking off the parts, and then I just slaughter him, and I'm done in like 
two minutes. One yeah. Minute, two minutes. I mean, at this point, you got the challenge out of the game already. You've mm-hmm. done... You've, you've faced a Trevor Trusk on the hardest difficulty at this point. So, going back and doing the stuff and just making it less monotonous, I think, you're, I think you get a pass for that. That's fine. I think... Because you're basically... Just doing the grindy stuff, like why waste your time? Yeah, I'm just harvesting. Yeah. So the the reason I'm harvesting right now is because I want all the gold the gold uh, suits or whatever. The legendary outfits. I got the legendary outfits. Did you get I the got, one I like? The red one. The I got them. Yes. Oh, I got such a cool suit. I got all the weapons that I wanted. I got them in gold, so I'm just harvesting to upgrade everything. And it's not that I just want to get the platinum. Right. I. I kind of want to set myself up because there's absolutely going to be a DLC for this. So when At that, some point, eventually. Yeah, yeah, maybe a year from now or whatever. In another state of play. <laughs> so when that DLC comes out, I want to be... Like, Prepared. Fucking ready, yes. Did the last one, did it do the thing, annoying thing that some games do where like they take away all your good stuff or no? I don't think so. No? Okay. There's some... Like... Uh, Fallout New Vegas had a DLC where like, oh, like, you can go to this new area, but like... Oh, the path is so long. The trip is so long. You lost like all your weapons on the way, and it's like mm. oh, that yeah. sucks. Also, because it's it's gonna take like another five years until I see this game again. So I just really want to sit. You on think it's gonna be that long before we get a DLC? Five years? No, 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 no. For another game. Oh, another like sequel for sequel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I really want to sit in this game, just bask in it, marinate in it. Yeah, and then so when I'm done with it, it really feels like I've I've got everything out of it. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean. As expensive as games are, it makes sense to get the most out of them, right? And I think that's kind of like what Platinum Trophies and that. It gives you something higher to kind of like reach for than just, you know, meander randomly, thoughtlessly in the game, right? So you have an objective. You have something to strive for, something to keep you occupied. occupied so so you're uh, playing Triangle Strategy. I am playing Triangle Strategy, which is still a really weird name the more I think about it. Because it's like you just—it's like you came up with a random generator and it's like let's throw in two words. Like, That's what I thought. It's it's a weird like name. pineapple circle, or sausage explosion, or I don't know rumbus. No, no, there's a real game called Rumbus of Ruin, but something. So no Anyways. connection to the game. To me, it sounds like it's a triangle and it's a strategy, and the strategy is forward. No. Get me? None of that? Mm. Everything except the triangle part. There is strategy, there is a way forward, but it has nothing to do with triangles. It's just a name. If there is a deeper triangular meaning, then it must be hidden further in the game. Because I'm about like seven hours into the game right now. It's really dope. It plays like if anyone's ever played the original Final Fantasy Tactics, that's almost exactly what it is. Which is, you have your squad, you can have up to six units on the field, on the map. And then you can place them however you want, and then you start the ma- and then you start the match. You take turn like depending on who has like the highest speed that determines like the turn order. And on the bottom of the screen, you see the turn order, so you can see exactly where who comes after who in terms of like turns. And then if you uh, certain actions will change up that order, like if you use there's like a, like my main character uh, Sarah Noah, he has this move called delay att- delay source like delay attack. And if you strike an enemy with the delay, the delay move, like it pushes their their turn further back on the line, mm. and so it's like an attack that does damage, but it also has like a side effect. Uh, some some attacks, if you use, they like cost you more, I guess you could say, and so your turn on the also on the line will push you further back. But there is some abilities like you can cast like a spell on one of your teammates, 
and that'll move them further up the line, like a, like a speeding up spell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there is like traditional strategy tropes of like, hey, like you can do this big badass move, but your turn's gonna take longer to come up next time. So there is a strategy besides just attacking. Like you want to know, like figure out enemy placement, because for example, like if you're wedged between two enemies. If one of them attacks you, the other one automatically counterattacks you also. So let's say... Do you remember playing up that game called uh, Left Nut, Right Nut, Dick in the Middle? No. You never play that in elementary? No. It was this annoying thing where your friends would come up on your left side or right side, and then they would just start punching you. Like they say, Left Nut, Right Nut, and they would punch you until, until you said Dick in the Middle, which was the, the key phrase. So in Triangle Strategy, if you have an enemy on one side and an enemy on the other side... As long as they're both on either side of you, if one of them attacks, then the other one also attacks. Oh, okay. But you can do the same thing to the enemies. So there was like a situation where... So one of my characters has this ability where she can attack twice per turn. So if you line it up right, you attack the enemy, and then your other teammate on the other side will attack them. If you attack them again in the same turn, guess what? The other teammate will also attack them. So like there is like combos you can kind of set up, like like kind of like landscape not landscape but like grid based combos that will trigger and they'll make like certain enemies way easier than they normally would be so there is the the strategy part of the title is there because you do have to use some strategy like you can like grind for like level ups and experience but that takes way too long to do that so you're encouraged to play the game like as the game presents itself like here's the next mission here's the next chapter in the story the story is really cool. Actually, that's like my favorite part, honestly, because the cutscenes are really long and it would be terrible if the game, if the story sucked and you had to deal with long cutscenes. But like you have these three nations who are at the start of the game where they're in a friendly compromise. There's like one that is like our natural resources iron. The other one is like our natural resources salt. And the third one's like our natural resources. I think it's like I don't know if it's like grassland or like plains or something. They provide something. I forgot what, but like they each need something from the other one. Right. So at the start of the game, like your character is like one of like the Royal family members and he's being married off to the daughter or like the princess of one of the other nations to kind of make like, you know, to make the relationships between both nations better or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But then like other stuff comes up as usual and it, it it feels like if you turn game of thrones into like a strategy rpg where like such and such characters connection to this character affects how they react or like how they view certain things there's like kind of like racism where like the ra- racism is weird though because people hate there's like the specific race of people who have pink hair and like that's the thing that other people don't like it's like oh yeah pink hair like, you're like one of those people like you're like trash or like you're like you lean towards crime because of the color of your hair. It's interesting. There's like a lot of political machinations, which I love in like games like this. How does the story play out? Cause I've seen the, the sort of the combat, but does it play out like in slides or what? It plays out the way it looks like in the combat where like your little characters are like on the screen. Okay. And then like, they're just having little dialogue boxes, but pretty much all of it is voiced, which is good because I can tell you how annoying it would be to listen to 20 minutes of, of like just scrolling text but luckily all the major cutscenes are voiced so it's not that annoying uh, tangent who what game has the best dialogue boxes what do you mean like the way they sound no, or like the just... interface both 
I think Persona 5 Royal has Persona 5 has a really good aesthetic. It's like a really it has like this weird like Andy Warhol 60s ransom note kind of like dialogue box thing going on mm-hmm. where like the edges of the dialogue box are like constantly like shifting like kind of like like this weird electric like zapping thing going on. It's unless you played for Persona 5 it's like does it, I'm not doing it justice. But if you like if you just look it up on YouTube one day Johnny between now and next week Look up just like a scene from Persona 5. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Where like the boxes are not like just static. They're like constantly moving. But the letters are like still, right? Because it, it would be annoying to read words and like they're moving, right? But yes. the dialogue boxes, like the whole, like when you go to the menu, like everything has like a ransom letter, like kind of aesthetic. It's, it has a really dope UI, I think. It's right. different. I'm surprised to say this, but Metal Gear. Oh, that's the obvious That's answer. the ultimate shit, dude. Fucking Colonel and Snake. With Raiden, amazing story, amazing aesthetics. Okay, but I thought you were talking about aesthetically, like the actual design of the dialogue boxes. Hmm. You're for me for Metal Gear Solid, those dialogue boxes are special because of the actual dialogue that happens in them. It's amazing how like simple it is, but it, re- it like it keeps you in there. Dude. Yeah, I remember playing the original Metal um, Metal Slug, Metal Gear Solid, and every time anything happens, like okay, I have to consult everybody mm-hmm. to see what their take is on the situation. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things. Ah, and there's like little, uh, little Easter eggs. Yes, yeah, little Easter eggs. When you talk to like the medic and all that, right? And it's like, I mean, you, if you go into the, your cardboard box and contact Sigan, he's like, like Snake, like, what are you doing in that cardboard box? He's like, I yeah. feel safe here. This is my like safe that's, place. That's so great, dude. Or like when you have when you equip the uh, the Patriot, the gun that's infinite ammo, mm-hmm. and you contact Sigan, who's like your art, your gun guy, and he's like. He's like, it has infinite ammo. He's like, how does that have infinite ammo? He's like, see how like the 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 ammo feed because it's like it's like an eight sideways. Yeah, it looks like an infinite symbol. He's like, yep, that'll give you infinite ammo. Right? <laughs> it would really though. It's like perpetual ammo. Yeah. Yeah, the little that's cool. It's it's just really funny. But uh, anyways, back to throwing me off my groove, Johnny. Go ahead. Back to triangle strategy. I'm really enjoying the game. Um, I usually play it earlier in the day because it's one of those games where because there's so much dialogue. If I try to play it later at night, I end up falling asleep with the Switch in my hand. So I try to play it earlier in the day, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, like tonight, because we're recording, I'm probably not going to play it today. Because I have like another I have a congregation meeting after this. And then by the time I'm free, it's going to be like 9.30. And it's going to be hard for me to play the game. So, But anyways, I'm enjoying it. I don't know how far I'm in. I've heard it's about 30 to 40 hours. I'm about maybe one-fifth of the way through. Why don't you... Why don't you drop the game at night and then just wake up earlier to play the game? Because I gotta go to work. Yeah, no, but just set your timer earlier. No, because I want to sleep. Yeah, but you're not sleeping because you got that blue light at night. Oh my god, here he goes again. So just just try to like... Well, that's why I say I don't even bother at night now. Because I just end up falling asleep. Yeah, but your, your sleep will be better. And you'll wake up earlier. And you'll game comfortably. Maybe I need to take energy. one of those, like... Um, Just switch up the schedule. You're going to get the same gaming time in. What's that called? Luminous? What's that medicine that makes you go to sleep The with the little moth? Nah, you're just playing with your fucking hormones. You know what I'm talking about, right? The little... I, I don't. Uh, it's a commercial with the little moth that like lets you fall asleep. It's like Luminous or uh, something Luminous something. And it's like a sleep pill or something. It's for people who can't like sleep properly. but It probably just has a ton of uh, melatonin. Or I can just take melatonin gummies. Don't take that. That's only for like jet lag. Really? I have a friend who takes those all the time. And he says like it's very helpful. Yeah, it, it does help some. It helps people, him but... get sleepy when he needs to be sleepy. 
but its primary use seems to just be for jet lag. You can't you can't just be on melatonin like indefinitely. Mm. That's something you just like dependency issues or yeah, what? Don't I don't know about the dependency, but it's it's more like I gotta get that fix. I gotta no, get that. No, it's melatonin. not like that type of fix. It's just I just don't like you. Just stop taking. Yeah, you stop taking it. And you can never fall asleep again. Like that. That would be hell. That would be crazy. All right. So, anyways, that's what I'm currently playing right now. I have a review code that I got for a PC game. I have not started it yet, but uh, that's something else that might be taking up some of my time. And then I haven't played Forbidden West since I beat it, but I want to. I want to get back into it too. Potentially platinum the game because. Dude, I hope they had. The reason I I was talking about Returnal and that trend is because I really want multiplayer on Horizon. Mm. I want us to just go in there and then get a strategy for like, what if we're fighting like two trauma tasks, right? Or just one. Yeah, or or just one, whatever. But there's like specific stories and missions that tell you you gotta go defeat this. I'm like Johnny, we're just gonna spam the explosive spear, so just prepare to spam that. Yeah, sort of like if we're in their stealth, <laughs> well, I'll hit them with the, uh, I'll hit them with the. Uh, like you target this part, I'll target the yeah, other exactly. part. Yeah, yeah. Or you, you like enrage him. I'll set up the trip wire or something mm-hmm. like that. That'd be cool. So that's it for us this week, Johnny. Any final closing thoughts, closing words? I think that's. I think we've gone through everything at this point. And also, I'm kind of trying to leave on time, so. Uh, we've covered it. All. You're good. You're good. Yeah. All right, Johnny says he's good. I'm ready to go home, get ready for my meeting, have some dinner. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, Johnny and I both appreciate it all the time. <coughs> oh, man. I was about to say something, but I inhaled it. I choked on my spit. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> if you want to reach out to us, if you want to comment about Johnny's gaming habits, if you want to tell Johnny he's right or wrong about blue light filters or whatever that is, let us know at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that is duosensepodcast, one word, at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, which is duosensep on Twitter, duosensep, because I could not fit the full name on there. Duosensep, D-U-O-S-E-N-S-E-P. Johnny, you took a sharp inhale because you were going to say something. I changed my mind, but I'll tell you anyways. Damn it. Okay. If you want a, another life hack that my gym friends would have told me about, is this is like seriously what they do get fucking butt naked take a red light shine it on your balls and it's supposed to increase your testosterone so you'll get better sleep where would i get a red light from i don't know i don't know if the red light like depends if it's led incandescent i don't know do i have to get completely naked or can i just lower my pants i mean it'd be more comfortable if you're just naked and you spread eagle no, I could just stand there in the bathroom and just... I guess, but uh, look it up. All right. I've heard a lot of great things about it. You heard it here. You heard it first here, folks. Or maybe you didn't, but anyways, that's it. It's like gym talk, but go ahead. If anybody wants to disprove or support what Johnny just said, you can also reach us. Yeah, this is not medical advice. This is just look into it yourself. I'm pretty sure it's safe, Johnny. I don't think you're going to get any like, lawsuits or anything from this. Well, it depends. Somebody might put their the bulb right next to the sack and... Okay, but that's common sense. It might be one of those. It might be one of those cooking bowls that they put in a heat lamp, like those. (laughs) I don't think those come in red. I'm not not recommending those. All right, all right. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for uh, 
we should just make that like a random like we'll end our all our pods with like here's johnny's fact of the day or here's johnny's tip for better health at the end it's like does not does eat, not a health podcast eat your uh eat your vegetables and veg and fruits and stuff yes unless you're like avoiding sugars or natural sugar i don't know anyways ladies and gentlemen thank you for making it this far we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up johnny you know what you should have said that for when i said johnny do you have any final words and then you could have just said that and for once you would have had something to say but you wasted it you wasted it johnny do you have any other tips or final damn it thank you guys have a nice evening we'll see you next week peace bye